0: There's a lot that layers into the decision to use cannabis as a mother, um, starting from pregnancy onward.
1: In the article from The Cut that I actually researched or read right before we um, created this topic, she was like, yeah, I, I couldn't figure out. And I asked my practitioner, like, I take I take bong rips in the morning, and she was like, "Yeah, that work that works for some people, and you can right. either take edibles or sometimes I suggest vaping, just because of yeah. the con- you know the concentration of the subject of the matter." And so it's so funny to hear you be like, "I don't, I didn't take bong rips, but like some people can, and some people do."
0: Totally, yeah, you can absorb your cannabinoids however you mm-hmm. choose. <laughs> we will not judge you. That's no. for sure. But it's going to be different for every person. Welcome to the podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about motherhood and cannabis. We're going to take this topic a little higher. I'm excited to have my co-founder, Christy, here with me today on this episode because we've really um, experienced the ups and downs of motherhood, especially as we've been growing a business together for the last four years. So it's something that we intimately know and are excited to talk about and kind of open up this discussion So again, on today's episode of A Little Higher, we're going to be talking about motherhood and cannabis. You may be seeing this topic come up more and more. It's certainly something that we're seeing more people open up about and starting to share their experiences with. Given the current federal status of the plant, this is a sensitive topic, so we wanted to start this episode off by making a few disclaimers. In no way is this medical advice, and it really is up to you as the listener to make a decision for yourself, depending on what state you're in and what current political state that this plant is in in your state and making a decision from there. So we're not doctors. This isn't legal advice. This is just our experience with it. We're going to tell you the good, the bad and the ugly, as we always promise. And we're excited to dive in. All right. So, Christy,
1: what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about different stages, pregnancy and cannabis the stigmas that arise around mothers in cannabis in all of those stages, using cannabis while mothering, and then how cannabis can support your motherhood journey both internally um, for yourself as well as for your child.
0: Okay, so it would make the most sense to start this conversation off with when you first become a mother through pregnancy. And I think you and I have really shared a lot of crossover with what we experienced as we went through pregnancy. I had Remy first, and then you had Wiley second, but pretty close to us. So it was fun to share in that journey, and I think these are stories worth telling. Mm
1: -hmm. All right, I think this is a little bit vulnerable, which is really interesting to try to pull out of ourselves as we talk about these things. But as a lot of women do, I experienced really intense nausea during our pregnancy and migraines in conjunction with, so I was actually um, originally prescribed certain medications, which we'll actually get into in a little while. But I had realized through my pregnancy, I, I'm an avid cannabis user, love flower, you know that. Yeah, edibles wreck me. But <laughs> prior to that, you know, there's a time period before you realize that you're actually pregnant, so you're like, right. okay, I'm still using, et cetera, and then you find out that you're pregnant. And then when you find out you're pregnant, you like make all of these appointments and so you try to find the right place to go and you really don't know what those appointments are going to entail and I actually had no idea I was getting drug tested which was really fascinating. Right. They don't and tell, they don't disclose that. They don't disclose yeah. that. And it was actually a friend that was part of this clinic that I was a part of. They're pretty holistic in mindset. And so I was thinking it'd be kind of cool But I remember going to a couple of sessions later and opening up the conversation because I was like, I'm really experiencing a lot of nausea. It's like really affecting my day to day. Can I use cannabis? How do you all feel about cannabis? And she was like, oh, well, you popped on a drug test with us and we actually can't condone that. And you need to be really careful when you get into the system. Your file technically follows you through to the birth. And so if they wanted to, the hospital you decide to give birth at, they could actually drug test you and the baby if there's any reasonable cause um, for the testing. So that was really terrifying. (laughs) That was terrifying. Right. Because I was like, oh, my God, like, I haven't even gone on this journey yet. And here I am, might have my child taken away from me. So – And some states are really sensitive to this law. Absolutely. Yeah, which we actually found upon our research, which I was like, wow, a lot of people go through this huge scare. Mm -hmm. And women experience it. Ultimately, through that process, I was originally prescribed Doxy combined with B6. Doxy is also known as Unisom. And then I was also prescribed Zofran. But upon researching all of this, I realized that there was a really high level of risk to it. And I just... Felt like I was more comfortable with cannabis in order to deal with some of these symptoms, especially with having that migraine issue. Because, like I said, the only way for me to deal with migraines when migraines aren't
0: the only side effect, right? So, and I think it's important to say, like, there's side effects with anything, right? There's side effects with drinking tap water, there's side effects with anything, but (laughs) one day we will go down the tap water. But I want to read the list of side effects from some of those drugs because I think it's important, you know, side effects can be broad, so like. These particular ones had side effects of agitation, hallucinations, seeing or hearing things. I mean, who wants that? Um, Fast heart rate that could lead to, you know, potentially fatal heart conditions, dizziness, tremors, seizures. Top of that short list, there's some pretty serious implications potentially for
1: the baby. Um, And just a jump off of the information that you shared, we did pull some resources from the National Library of Medicine, which included that doxy and Zofran exposures were actually assessed for their association with MCM. So major congenial malformations. Doxy exposure was associated with increased risk of spinal bifida, nervous system, and musculoskeletal system defects. And so when you're a new mom reading that, you're like, I, no, I don't want a chance. There's no way. There's no no way. And so I know that those. And like, how dare you? uh, Yes and no. But like, I know that those, because I also talked about it with my practitioner. I was like, I know that those side effects are very limited in some senses, but I think it's, there's still this scary element that you have to really break through when you're pregnant, right? It's a terrifying experience. It's, it's really a scary experience.
0: Yeah. If it's your first time. Mm. No, Just. Anytime and just every day. Okay, correct. Anytime and every day. Yes. (laughs) Motherhood is scary. It's terrifying. So
1: I just felt like something that I knew really worked for me. Right. I was almost willing to take that risk. Mm -hmm. And so I made a plan for myself down the line. But we can get to that later.
0: Well, what is down the line? Like, did you ultimately continue your cannabis use through pregnancy? Or was the fear of being drug tested throughout your pregnancy and potentially having, you know, custody issues at birth.
1: I wavered off and on. Like okay. it was a constant battle of being like, am I making the right decision? Am right. I being a horrible mom? When we get to the stigmas conversation, it's definitely playing into those sections. And there were times where I would smoke and then I'd be like, oh, my God, no, I can't do that. But then there were times when I would be like, I I can't function, especially with running a company with you, because here we were new moms. Remy was little. I was just learning how to run a business with you. And so there I had to I had to be a part of it. I had to be a part of life. I couldn't go sit in bed the rest of my. Yes, it's very hard. Super hard. When so, you own you're in own business to To rest. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, there were wavering moments of like stress and not stress. Yeah. Now, ultimately, I made the decision because we'll also talk about the implications of having that pop positive at a mm-hmm. hospital. But I stopped smoking about three months before I gave birth. So, which is actually a pretty good window yeah. because I stopped experiencing. Morning sickness, about six months. I mean, it was pretty far in. Right. But yeah, I, st- I made the decision to stop because I really couldn't figure out what the regulation was at the hospital I was giving birth at. Right. And it's just kind of dependent on that person that's in the room at the time. It definitely is. It's been, they told me it was dependent on the doctor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So now I just gabbed about myself. <laughs> I need to hear your own personal story about this. I don't know if I ever actually asked you what you experienced as your own pregnancy. I know I asked well, here you. We go. We're we
0: to Now you're going to okay. learn. Well, I think my opinion, just to state it, is that, like, we are in control of our bodies and what we do to it,
1: not the doctors. Mm-hmm. So I just am always championing that. I think you gave me that fire, too, when I realized that. Oh, you also gave me a list of questions <laughs> to ask. Yeah. I mean, I just like to analyze. Like, mm-hmm. we, need to, we need to vibe. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, my personal experience with pregnancy and cannabis um, – I was pregnant in California, so I didn't think it was going to be an issue. I had a medical card. I was in the industry, um, but it was an issue. Uh, I think what was shocking to me is that they just drug test you without really kind of disclosing that or being like, well, here's the process. You have to pee in this cup, and we have to take your blood because we're testing for X, Y, Z. It was just something that, like, happened. And then the next time I went in, the doctor was like, yeah, we can't accept you in our practice. We don't see patients that um, partake in this or like show up on a drug test for it, which was really frustrating for me at the time because I wasn't even really partaking in like THC cannabis. I was taking a full spectrum CBD product at the time. So I was like, well, wait, no, but there's just no, there's no openness to that conversation at that doctor. So, you know, I don't think I was willing to give up taking that product because it was helping me significantly, about four months into pregnancy had lost more weight than I had gained. So like really six things starting to become an issue. Um, Yeah, it was not, there's no way I could give that up. But then you ultimately found a practitioner that did support it. Yeah. So Pablo and I are like, all right, well, that's just one doctor and there's plenty of them. So we went into the Facebook support group world (laughs) and found a, doctor that was um receptive to moms you know trusting their own bodies and making decisions for themselves and it's not to say that i was like you know just getting ripped every day through my pregnancy i was just like very small doses of certain cannabinoids and certain blends for certain people right because everyone's different can really help with some of the symptoms of pregnancy which is like nausea joint pain um, just like you name it and pregnancy <laughs> has checks that list of a, you know, tough experience. So yeah, I ultimately decided to continue my use. I just found a doctor practitioner that was um, in line with what I wanted for myself. Yeah. But I was also in a state, I think it's just so important to like, consistently throughout this conversation reference, I was in a state that had both a medical and recreational program, and I had a medical card myself. So my risk factor was different than someone potentially in a southern state that has neither a medical program or a recreational program, of course. But I made that decision based off where I was at the time and, like, my life situation. So it's just going to be different for everyone, which is what makes this such a sensitive topic. It's just not a one- one gummy fits all situation. I mean, this is like, there's a lot that layers into the decision to use cannabis as a mother, um, starting from pregnancy onward.
1: And the article from The Cut that I actually researched or read right before we um, created this topic, she was like, yeah, I couldn't figure out. And I asked my practitioner like, I take, I take bong rips in the morning. And she was like, yeah, that work, that works for some people. And you can right. either take edibles or sometimes I suggest vaping just because of yeah. the, you know, the concentration of the subject, of the matter. And so it's so funny to hear you be like, I don't, I didn't take bong rips, but like some people can and some people do.
0: Totally. Yeah. You can absorb your cannabinoids however you mm-hmm. choose. <laughs> we will not judge you. That's no. for sure. But it's going to be
1: different for every person and where they live and what they're going Edibles through. for me in that stage of my life yeah. were – definitely made way more sense to me, especially with kind of the the piece to the inhaling, the combustion yeah. of the flour. So I, I, my it felt more mindful right. and more of a responsible choice in, in that matter.
0: I think that's when I first got really in love with, like, microdosing cannabis. Mm-hmm. Like, cannabis didn't always have to be consumed in such a heavily function. Like, we can just do – 0.5 to 2 milligrams or 2.5 milligrams of any cannabinoid and really like start to see beneficial effects and totally feel in control
1: mm-hmm. yeah you're not just ripping the, da- the dab rig I mean I'm just <laughs> I don't want to
0: ever like lie yes that happens but <laughs> I think I was definitely leaning more on the like microdose edibles controllable dosable um through pregnancy and mm-hmm. even now still in to motherhood because we have to be super responsible not dab rigging when i'm in mom mode. no no okay Okay. but no kids mom mode yes game on game on (laughs) you can find me on the rig (laughs) (laughs) all right next topic okay all right so we're using cannabis we're through pregnancy now we've got these little things and we're fully in motherhood mode right we're like What do you define as things? You know, these little like newborn floppy, squishy things. You can't call them things.
1: I mean, they are things. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So we've got these things, these beautiful gifts of life. Yes, of course. Okay.
0: But scream and need all the things, (laughs) the things that need the things is what they are. Um, but now, you know, they start engaging, right? Newborn stage is fun. Now they're kids. And I think the best moment for myself and becoming a parent is when they like when they can really start playing with you. And then there's a lot of um, stigma that might come in around that friend group that you kind of develop
1: your at play that group. Yeah. Your play mm-hmm.
0: group and around using the plant as
1: a mother. Mm-hmm. Before we get into those stigmas, I would love to ask you about the prerequisites of what you experienced as a kid. Like, what was, oh. what was the experience you had from your parents, like, setting the stage for cannabis use? So, like, zooming
0: out and being like, when I was a kid, how did my parents yes. view it? Since we're about to talk about how we're – Yes. Pan- okay. Absolutely. That's fun. Um, whew, my parents didn't like it growing up. There's no way.
1: Yeah. They ever have? An, did they
0: have an open conversation with you? No, about it was cannabis. Just they like, just didn't don't, talk about nah, it. Yeah, like that's not what you okay. do. Your friends that do it, that they would like know about, or they sense thought they were like even. They were like, no way. Mm-hmm. I was just like, so it was no way for a while. I was very like, I wasn't anti-cannabis in high school, but I certainly wasn't like putting myself in situations where cannabis was, and then just this you know, friend groups switched and found myself in situations where cannabis was and like tried it for the first time in a safe setting. and was like, oh my God, like it's just everything I've always
1: loved. You had it. that quick of an experience yeah, was, with it?
0: Well, okay. First time I smoked, I got incredibly sick, like
1: horribly oh, sick, no. like
0: nausea and okay.
1: all that. Okay. I've never is had that experience. I guess it's a
0: thing like the, cause you're just like bombarding, mm-hmm. which is like, why a lot of people nowadays that are trying cannabis edibles that are like super potent or having like kind of, it's not just the potency of the edible. It's just like the first time they've ever introduced something to their body that Mm -hmm. like ignites it so quickly. Yeah. Parents weren't like just openly anti it. They were just kind of like, eh, don't do that. You know, Mm -hmm. they were, they supported exploration and safe parties, but they were never, yeah, condoning of it. I actually remember... This one time they found a bowl in the glove box of my Jeep Wrangler and I just, sorry mom and dad, they're probably going to listen to this, like I just lied as hard as I could because I was mortified that they found this bowl and they caught me, right? Because I was so good at just like, you know, doing the thing that teenagers do. Yes. And they found it and it was a bowl. It had so much meaning to me at the time. It was like my first one. I went to the smoke shop, got it. And my dad or mom, someone like threw it on the ground and shattered it. And I remember being like, I don't care. It's not mine. But inside I was like, no. Oh. That meant something. (laughs) I'm sure if they are listening to this, they're going to be like, you fool. We knew it was yours. We knew it was yours the whole time. Um, But I'm I'm sure at that point they knew I was like around it. And then I went to college and I was in art school. So to not put two and two together would be silly. Um, And I think it was even like it took several years of me being actively in the cannabis industry like nine to five every day working in the industry let's be real it was way more than nine Mm -hmm. to five but in the industry every day they still kind of were like uh this is your profession Uh, cool okay like we love you we support you but like really this 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 and then they really came around and i'm proud to say that now i you know through time lots of time and trust They're using cannabis in their everyday
1: health routine
0: in some capacity. Isn't it
1: fascinating how that happens? The tides turn so quickly. Amazing.
0: I love it. It's my favorite thing about what we do is when we get to introduce someone to cannabis that, you know, in the past maybe was like kind of really hardcore against it, Mm -hmm. but is starting to see an opportunity for them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I had a very different experience. I think... I was so nervous about getting in trouble as a kid that I really tried to stay away from drinking, smoking. It just, like, wasn't in my
0: ether.
1: And I almost had, like, a child-like quality in high school. So I didn't really grow up, I think, into like, my mid-20s, which is actually when I started – cannabis or like started trying cannabis it was like Mm -hmm. when we were on tour with music and of course musicians love cannabis and that was my first experience which was nice because I never had a bad experience with cannabis I tried it I was in the right setting we always talk about set and setting being in the right right place at the right time I was super mindful about the space I was in and I'm like am I in a safe space do I trust the people that I'm with so luckily I had Mm -hmm. a really good experience before then we literally never talked about it and what's really fascinating now is like my mother and I have such a fascinating relationship around the plant too. But it took me marrying this guy that like sacrificed his life for the plant in order for her to really be like, okay, I can get into this. Like really, she's really into it, right? He's got her, he's got her yeah. loving on that plant. Yeah, she loves the plant. <laughs> she lo- the she plant. loves the plant. She is a pro now. And I'm like, oh my God, you're way better at this plant than I am, which is wild to experience. Anyway, so it was really – I don't think I had really a preconceived – I just thought it was like, if you smoke, you're going to go down a wrong path. And so right. I really tried to n- stray from that wrong path and just, like, be good, do good.
0: I mean, Christy, we went to high school when D.A.R.E. was, like, a curriculum that oh, you took for in sure. school. For so, sure. So, yeah, we
1: thought if you consume – You're you- going to be a drug addict. And go to jail. Yes. <laughs> yes, and I got time for that. And then you don't go to college and then it just, yeah. like, ruins your life. And you, like, right. know that person in high school where you're like, ooh. There's
0: some that cannabis you know, took went- it too far. Yes, yeah. for
1: sure. So – I think around it, the preconceived notion of just having that foundation, of course, scares you because like, mm-hmm. do not do you ever relate it to your experience growing up as a mother to the experience that you had with your own mother?
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah. I'm like,
1: oh, I like, I remember this moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where you're like, okay, my mom was like 26, you know, and right. like, what was she doing at 26? What was I doing at 26? You start to compare yourselves. Yeah. Whole other topic. Cool.
0: To reflect on that. Kids and parents. So now as you've become a mother, have you experienced any kind of judgment in your peer groups? You know, as you become a mom, you develop this new friend group, you're kind of making friends for the first time again as an adult, which is like its own human experience in itself. But did you experience any judgment maybe from the school, the playground, play groups, nanny groups?
1: You know, I've never asked, actually. Okay. There's some there's some instances where I never asked. And I actually, I think a lot of people don't vocalize mm-hmm. the things that they internalize. And I think at this point, they would recognize that. Yes, I've told my mom. Yeah. And I think there's other people that I've withheld that information from in my life. Yeah. Because I'm not necessarily, like, very willing to start to justify my own personal needs to them. Okay. And the decisions that Fair. I make. Yeah. But, you know, what's fascinating is, like, the more I – openly talk about it. Cause you can vibe with somebody, right? Like right. you and I vibed immediately with each other and we're like, okay, yeah, we're on the know. same wavelength, you yeah. know, <laughs> but it's actually interesting when you do open up the conversation, how many women are like, okay, that's cool that you do that. Like yeah. I'm, I'm kind of interested in doing that too. And you open up a doorway for them to have the conversation because a lot of people are sitting in the closet about it. Right. And the green closet. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Oh, I like that analogy. <laughs> that's a good one. But I think it actually also starts to spark deeper friendships.
0: Yeah. Because they, there might be something there that they're seeking, you know, yes. a little bit more on. A little higher. A little higher
1: information on. Have you ever been judged?
0: I mean, I, probably, like, just all the time. But
1: I think most people don't say it to you. Don't – won't say it to your face unless they're, like
0: – Right. But you can kind of, like, sense someone's body language. like, oh, what are you doing? I run a cannabis company. And they're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> and there's just like no interest in continuing the conversation yes. past there and so that's kind of a telltale of like all right they're gonna you know be on their own journey mm-hmm. and then mostly when I share and it's not like like you said it's not like I go to the playground and I'm like I smoke weed you know <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I'm doing but you do sit on benches and watch your kids play and the conversation always comes up like oh what do you do here's what I do and then usually it's the next like list of questions which is amazing and like you said it's such a moment for deeper connection um and jumping straight into like the humbleness of being a parent and how i've found success in using this plant and certain products from the plant in my motherhood journey and like if you're a mom you know you love a good mom hack like oh you know a secret on how to like do laundry faster or cook dinner faster or you know, just or not enjoy be the process. So enraged in this journey, enjoy the process. Oh, you're playing with your kids so much. Like, yeah. So moms love a good mom hack,
1: and so yeah, the conversation just like flourishes from there. It can lift a veil. I think it 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 provides sometimes the context of deeper conversation that I think people are really seeking ultimately yeah. because they do want to create deeper connections, and I think that is so mindful and prevalent in people's minds these days. About how do I actually foster like a deeper connection with those people? Right. And cannabis really does cultivate that kind of conversation.
0: And it's happening right now. I remember having Remy five-ish years ago. Um, there was no content or information mm-hmm. on cannabis as a mom. And now it's like, I mean, we, we're, we're going to provide a list of accounts and people that are you know, putting a lot of information out there. So it's like, it's happening. People are talking about it. So I think to just like tie it back in, it's just such an honor to be able to go have those conversations with moms that might be like looking for something
1: that's not a glass of wine. Definitely. Okay. Something that we can't glaze over is the actual (laughs) legalities and the concerns of child custody. It's a super hard conversation to have, especially with the facts that exist in our laws today And for us to really be mindful that we may be talking about this right now, but it is absolutely legal in certain states. And for you to be really mindful about what you're comfortable with. Um, So we just wanted to bring that to light. Right. Especially
0: just kids in custody in the government system. Yeah. So federally, you know, this is we're recording this in 2023. So depending on when you're listening to this, this might not be Truth, But right now, the federal status of the plant is a scheduled drug, um, which makes it, you know, to a degree, depending on what state you're in, federally illegal. Um, so I just think it's so, so, so important to continue to reflect on you got to, you know, understand what your state's status is on the plant and that there are serious implications potentially with the use of this plant and Particularly around if someone is in any sort of like custody battle, uh, going through a divorce, um, in the middle of a lawsuit. You know, lawyers will look for anything. anything. And, you know, cannabis use should be taken in high regard when making a decision. In that aspect.
1: Definitely. Yeah. Now, what I do want to say is that you don't have to necessarily eliminate cannabis because the beauty of it is that there's so much evolution in what we can provide that we do have THC free products um, specifically, which is why we made THC free edibles to allow you to experience the power of cannabinoids without actually popping a drug test because drug tests only test for Delta 9 THC. Right. Or any of the molecules that might like contribute to
0: a delta 9 positive test because it's not just delta 9 so i think that's important to know too but can you clarify that for a second sure there's a lot of like different isomers in different thc molecules and so when you take a drug test it's not necessarily testing for the nuance of each one of those molecules but it's in that quick rapid p test it's going to just identify any structure of a thc molecule and roll it up to a positive test result gotcha um So talking about like some of the products we make that are THC-free, they're CBD and CBG-based and then CBD and CBN-based. All broad spectrum, THC-free. We see a lot of like law enforcement, pilots, medical providers really enjoy these products because they're not concerned about that drug test component given everything that could potentially happen. Really great. So... One of the things that's like easiest to judge if you're admitting or opening up about your cannabis consumption to someone is like, oh, you're not productive or you're kind of lazy or you're not getting things done. Is that at all the case for you when you partake?
1: Absolutely not. (laughs) I don't know why this but but absolutely not, because I think that's the beauty of cannabis for me. I am wildly productive on cannabis. Whether that it's, you know, just taking a little puff helps me to kind of um, relax, reduce my stresses, and I I can clean the kitchen like nobody's business when I'm a little higher. Right. (laughs) Uh, No pun intended. So I think that I become a way more productive person because – maybe I have ADHD, whatever the diagnosis may be, I have a really hard time focusing unless I smoke. Okay. And so because my brain's firing in a bunch of different directions, when I have experience or when I have taken cannabis, Mm -hmm. I'm able to really concentrate a lot deeper and get right. really into the task that I'm particularly doing. And so sometimes it makes things like organizing your closet or like so doing your kids' laundry <laughs> actually kind of enjoyable because you're yeah. like, I'm just enjoying myself. I feel good in my body. It's like easier to focus on the task. I can I'm clean worried. my house. Yeah, I'm not yeah. worried. I can clean my house so much faster. It's good. Cool. Not unproductive. I can, okay, you know what? I lied. You can, can be, be used unproductive. Ways,
0: right? It's Absolutely. like I can also Netflix and chill.
1: A thousand percent. And I can I really. Can, like, you know, enjoy that time, right. because I think that's the other piece, too, is when you partake and you do allow yourself to be unproductive, mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. really let go and relax so that when you have to go be productive, you're not as burnt out. So I think cannabis can recharge really mechanism. help with that burnout and right. with recharging your batteries yeah Mm -hmm. moms always need that one of the other things I really love about taking cannabis is the ability for you to tap into your inner child yeah it allows your brain to access play like you didn't really access since you were a child and allows you to be really intentional with your children and that's something that you taught me to really dig into when I first started meeting you because you had so many stories about how you just like really enjoyed playing with Remy yeah
0: Yeah, I think it's, like, I often reflect on it. It's, like, my favorite kind of, like, season of a child is when they, like, really start engaging with you. I'm talking, like, not just, like, looking at you, like, let's play hide-and-go-seek or, like, I'm hiding here or just wanting to do... It's just that fun thing. Magnetiles.
1: Magnetiles. Legos.
0: Yes, just the things that you're just like, oh, my gosh. Art projects. I miss this. Oh, my God, mm-hmm. art projects. Yeah. I was like, I got you. We are going to have the best art kit ever. And, yeah, I'm just – I think cannabis and other plants help me um just, like, tap into that and, like, stay there a little longer. Not just the, like, oh, I'm going to come play with you. It's like, no, I'm, like, in it. We're going all day. I – Would say I'm probably like that wild mom at the playground that's like I'm not on the bench on my phone. I'm like running around. I'm playing the games with the kids. I'm playing monster or
1: like hide and go seek or tag or anything it is. Well, the biggest that actually brings up the biggest one of the biggest concerns that I have in this journey of motherhood is like how much intentional time do I actually spend with my child? And especially with how much we work and being yeah. on our computers and like right. now my son mimics me at the computer and like has his own keyboard and i'm like oh no this is horrible But it allows me to turn off my brain. Yeah. And to really relax and settle into enjoying and playing with him. I know that I need to get to a place of where I don't have a substance that, like, fuels that. But it still gets you to that place that you know that you can do it without stressing yourself out.
0: And I think it's, like, habit-forming. Like, no, I don't – every time I have to play with my kid, be like, oh, I need my cannabis first. Mm -hmm. Like, here and there, a microdose, like, always in control of the situation. Um, And then you, like – form that habit of play and then you can like tap into it and bring it out
1: anytime a little bit more excessively. Absolutely. And you just mentioned something that really sparked something where you were like the responsibility of. Oh yeah. There are so many, like not everybody is completely inebriated when they've actually experienced cannabis. Microdosing is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Because you have the ability to get the benefits without feeling like you're inebriated or right. inhibited, right. which obviously is something that's super important when you're with your ch- child and wanting to be very um, aware. And actually, mm-hmm. I think cannabis actually makes me a little bit more aware yeah. in a lot of Hyper cases. Hyper aware of yes. like sensories. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. Like if you're used to drinking and you come home and you drink one glass of wine, I would say that's like, you know relevant to relate to the experience to so like a microdose of some type of cannabinoid. And again, it doesn't always have to be THC. I think that's so important to remember that there's a plethora of cannabinoids, some intoxicating, some not, that can give you a lot of benefit. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've talked about what it is like for us to use cannabis through pregnancy and then, you know, actively as a mother. I think we need to like share what some of our favorite cannabis products are, how we like to consume cannabis, um what's our difference in consumption like when we're on mom mode versus when we're not. Some of that. So like what do you do? Say you're going to the park, you're walking to the park.
1: What would you, you know, potentially partake in? Well, I wouldn't do it while I was walking to the park. <laughs> but I totally know where you're going. I'm a flower girl. I'm a flower girl because I have the absolute control of knowing exactly how I'll feel. Yeah. And whether I want to partake a tiny bit or if I want to feel like pretty good. So I'm going on a date night with my husband, like, (laughs) and he's the one driving, everyone's safe. Like, yeah, I definitely appreciate flower because I think it allows you to control your experience. You're not going to have this long onset That's just – I'm just a solid flower girl. Now, I do enjoy our edibles by all means. And they're actually a different experience. So if we – if you do have the ability to kind of play around with different products, Mm -hmm. it's pretty amazing what those different products can do for you because some of them spark creativity. Some of them spark energy. Some of them spark, you know, relaxation. So you – it's nice to be able to, like, play around and experience – like, figure out which particular kind works for you. Right. What about you?
0: Same – With the onset offset, which we have a whole episode that we talk about. So if you're listening to this, I think it would be good to like reference the, you know, consumption methods and the onset offset effects. But I do like if it's like something quick and in the moment, I like, I usually don't do flower because I don't love smelling like it, depending on what type of event I'm going to. But I will do something like vape, like one little puff off of vape. Um, Again, not driving, always in control, like maybe walking distance, small social setting. Um, And then when I'm not in charge of little humans or snacks or anything like that, um, I enjoy an edible. So I think similar to you, an edible kind of has like a range of how it can affect you. So I don't want to always toss the dice on that Mm -hmm. and just like a little vaping. Yeah
1: just tiny your, sliver of the edibles sometimes work for me a tiny sliver. A little sliver but like i'm talking like a nibble you're allowed to do that too and i think people don't realize like when you get an edible you don't have to eat the whole thing it's hard i don't eat the whole some thing. some of them are good some you of know them what are brand good? i
0: like besides of course our own um <laughs> kiva i love um, their 2.5 mints i think it's only available in like recreational legal states, legal states in the dispensary but or the no, chocolate covered espresso beans. Oh my God, oh. love that brand. Love what they do. Shout out to Kiva. Come to our podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, I really like Kiva. I would say that would be like a top mom brand for yes, me. Yes, absolutely. Of, outside of, of course, campus supply company.
1: Well, speaking about favorites, yeah. I think that we glean a lot of information and resources. There are people out there on. Instagram, TikTok, mm-hmm. and social media platforms that are really starting to set the stage for this conversation and make it more comfortable. Where honestly, they've set the stage for us to feel comfortable even being on this podcast and yeah. talking about it. Um, can you share some of those resources with us? Yes, and we're going to have them on the podcast. Yes, which is oh, going to be even so. more exciting.
0: <laughs> um, so we're going to share all these links in the podcast notes and in our link tree on the socials, but. That list is Riley, which is a.k.a.
1: Cannabicam.
0: Cannabicam. Cannabicam. I'm
1: saying a cannabicum. Riley, you can absolutely correct us. Yeah,
0: but she's a cannabis scientist, which I also think is just so cool because we're going to name another one. Like, there's such a thing as getting a PhD in endocannabinoid science. Um, So to just deny that this is not happening and... That there's benefit from it is just so silly to me. But we're just going to keep talking about that throughout the show. So then we've got Miyabi Shields. She also has a PhD in endocannabinoid um, farm size. So she's really on the pharmacological side of it. If you've never seen her content or the information that she's publishing, she really drills down onto like the molecular, the science behind it, which is so fascinating. And then we've got... Shanitria Anthony with Blunt Blowing Mama, who I just so love and respect. She's really breaking stigmas down and putting a lot of science-backed information out there for moms that are like seeking this information or validation that they're making, you know, potentially a really good decision for themselves. Um, Again, so we're going to link all that. We're going to have all of them on the show
1: and... Whether they know it or not.
0: <laughs> no, they are. I'm Instagramming
1: all alright alright you All right. Mind. All right. Y'all check your DMs because I think <laughs> that's important. But we'll have all their handles linked in the notes because yeah. I think that's where you start to build your community too. It's like there's yeah. a community online that really helps support your decisions and help answer a lot of questions that are scary. I'm learning something new every single day from these mm-hmm. ladies. So really want to support them and their platforms.
0: Yeah. That was fun to talk about like motherhood. I really appreciate being vulnerable. We're, like
1: pros at you know so that's something we can really talk about <laughs> i know and now i feel comfortable like i said these yeah. ladies say they set the stage yeah but i hope There's that a we community there totally and i hope that we can help set the stage for everyone to also continue to flourish in that conversation
0: yeah so thank you everyone for listening we're gonna link a lot of resources in this episode And just a reminder to everyone, you know, really make sure that you assess your current situation before you make that decision. Also a reminder is that there are THC-free products um, if you're looking to, you know, feed your endocannabinoid system as you're going through becoming a mom and being a mother. Thanks for joining and tune in on our next episode.